Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me is Billboard.com senior editor Katie Atkinson. Hi, Katie. Hi, how are you, Keith? I'm fine, and how are you? I'm doing well. Did you have a lovely weekend? I did have a nice weekend. It was a, a little bit of a, a somber weekend with what happened in Paris on Friday. We um, hit that pretty hard on the website since it was uh, at a concert for Eagles of Death Metal. And so my Friday was a little different than I expected it to be. Um, I was going to go see Coldplay, but they canceled their title live stream. Right. Um, they did put on a really nice little acoustic set, though, um, and uh, dedicated Imagine by John Lennon to the Paris uh, attack. So. Wow. Yep, and so, yeah, but I mean, otherwise, a very lovely weekend. Yes. Um, Well, we won't be talking much about um, the terrorist attacks in Paris. Um, uh, We're going to try to keep things uh, light. And poppy. Light and poppy, because it is the Pop Shop Podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, On this week's show, we have an interview with Tori Kelly. Um, We talked to her a few weeks ago, and we played a fun little uh, 15-question game with Tori, and she was lovely. Um, she admired my shoes. You'll hear all about that. Um, and we talked about music too, but she also talked about my shoes. Um, also, we're going to talk about Justin Bieber versus One Direction for number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart next week. Who will it be? I think you might already have a guess if you've been looking at Billboard.com, but we'll get to that in a moment. Adele is still number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with Hello. Um, while El King gets her first top 10 hit. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that. Plus, I'm super stoked. The Dixie Chicks are going on their first yes. American tour in uh, like 10 years or something ridiculous. Keith and I will be there. Yes. <laughs> um, we'll talk more about that. Um, but first, some housekeeping notes. If you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode. And give us a rating while you're at it. Uh, if you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet me at Keith underscore Caulfield or at KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. Billboard Podcasts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I was that. Oh, yeah. Makes me think of something. Uh, tangent alert. This is not on our script. Oh, yeah. Is it going to be about the Kool-Aid man? It is. It has to be about the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the Kool-Aid man. Uh, the, the voice of the Kool-Aid man, I believe, in the, the 80s was, I think his name is Frank Mills. Um, I can Google that. But uh, Frank, uh, did you know he was also a background singer? Did not know that. He also sang a lot of jingles for many different uh, for many different commercials. But he's mostly known as the Kool Aid Man. Um, oh yeah! I feel um, like they need to do a Twenty Feet from Stardom sequel now, starring Kool Aid Man Frank Mills. Well, you know, um, uh, Frank Mills. Uh, as I as I quickly Google, you know what else he did that was it is very very music specific. What's that? Well. Uh, he was also, uh, <laughs> sorry. Now I'm like, I'm not even sure if that's actually his name. Uh, what if we just totally made that up? Voice of <laughs> cool, cool man. I'm pretty sure it's Frank. Um, come on, internet, come through. Jesus, this is so difficult. <laughs> um, Frank Sims. Oh, Frank Sims. I'm Frank. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, but it's it's about what I but but still the rest of the story holds true. <laughs> Frank Sims was not only the voice of the Kool Aid Man. He's not dead. He's still alive. He's he's still presently with us. But he was also a background vocalist for a number of artists, and he was also a background vocalist for David Bowie. Oh wow! 
on the Let's Dance album. He was the ah. Uh, yeah, I mean that's like some iconic dance. background vocals. And he went on tour with Bowie for the Serious Moonlight tour. He was also, and because of that, because Nile Rodgers produced the David Bowie album Let's Dance, uh, he then uh, was called upon to work on another project with Nile Rodgers, the Madonna Like a Virgin album. Wow. And so this uh, this gentleman has background vocals across the Like a Virgin album, including living in a material oh, world. Yeah, like, okay. that's him. Yeah. I mean, it's him with, like, two other people. Then, then he later did Golden background vocals for Billy Joel. It's amazing. Anyway. Frank Sims. Frank Sims. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, <laughs> Justin Bieber versus One Direction. We thought it could go either way. But, but it looks like Justin Bieber is going to be number one on the Billboard 200 next week. He pulled ahead. Uh, it, uh, he has taken the lead over One Direction. Uh, Justin Bieber's Purpose and One Direction's Made in the AM were both released last Friday, November 13th. Right now, according to industry forecasters, it appears that Bieber's Purpose will hit number one. And it'll start with perhaps 525,000 in equivalent album units. Half a million, that's really good. Yeah, and of that, um, because of course the Billboard 200 is the the fancy equivalent unit measurement, of that sum, it could be 450,000 in pure album sales. Wow. Which would actually be Justin Bieber's biggest sales week. There you go. So, hey. uh, We wondered, we wondered last week why. We won. We wondered wondered last week. (laughs) why one of these artists didn't move didn't flinch in this game of chicken for number one on the charts but at the same time it sounds like both of them did better than they kind of ever have yes and so well one direction is not doing their best ever but for bieber he's certainly doing this is his best week yeah so it's like oh actually all this conversation about the two of them coming out at the same time seems to have given a boost which is what we surmised you know whenever you have like a big matchup with with two albums that kind of share uh, an audience yeah. that is going to generate um, some interest. Um, and certainly that's happening for this. Uh, both of these albums were projected initially before release to do maybe like 300,000 right. uh, in terms of just pure album sales. So clearly they both have, have have bypassed that. As for One Direction, they could do over 475,000 in total units of which 400 to 425,000 could be pure album sales. So... It's not just like a runaway for Bieber, yeah. but he's he's far enough ahead where people feel confident that um, he's going to come out on top. Of course, anything can happen. Anything can happen. <laughs> yeah, we're recording this on Monday. We still have you know four days left in the tracking week: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So who knows? And really, nobody loses here. No one loses. I mean, it seems like they're all selling a lot of albums. <laughs> yeah, they're they're all they're all making a heck of a lot of they're money. They're splitting between four people now too, so they'll make more than they ever have before. <laughs> and you never know. Um, as we've seen, just because you don't start at number one doesn't mean that you won't be number one later. Look also at, true. Look at Chris Stapleton. Look at Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton, whose album came out in May. As I unplug a microphone, I think we're all still good. <laughs> um, his album came out in May, but didn't hit number one until after the CMA Awards yeah. a week ago. His album holds on at number one this week on the Billboard 200. That's my segue. Um, uh, Chris's album Traveler holds at number one for a second week. Yeah. Uh, it did uh, 124,000 equivalent album units in the week ending November 12th. Um, that was down just 30% uh, compared to his big, huge uh, week the week before after the CMA Awards. Actually, that wasn't even the first. This is like the real first yeah, week after the Yeah, that makes sense since it was only like almost just over 24 hours the first week that he got number one. So, And, you know, of course, as we said, either One Direction or Justin Bieber could have pushed up their album a week and easily beat Chris Stapleton. Easily. 
But nope, no one wanted to do that. <laughs> Either one. I mean, even without them doing any promo, they still could have been number one. Although, to be fair, One Direction are projected to be number one in their native UK. True. Those numbers just came out before we uh, we sat down. So I do have to say, as a chart geek, um, it, it's, it's, it's sad to me to see a, a hot streak uh, break. Yeah. Um, but both artists are on a streak. Yeah. Um, this will be Bieber's fifth consecutive number one debut. This would have been... Well, it's, of course, the week isn't over with, but... If Bieber is number one, it'll be his fifth consecutive number one debut. If One Direction debuts at number one, it would be their fifth out of five debut debuts at number one. Um, no group in history, aside from One Direction, has ever seen all four of their albums, their first four albums, all debut at number one. So they were already in the record books. Yeah, It's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's a chart and it sometimes... Things are meant yeah, to Yeah, I mean, yeah. sometimes you could have the biggest sales week ever, but just be at number two. Yeah. It's just how it works. Um, well, let's move on uh, uh, to something that is not Justin Bieber or One Direction <laughs> related, um, as I... But it is about one of our favorites. Hey, it's about Adele. <laughs> um, Adele is still number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Get used to us saying this for a while. It's just, it's, it's, yeah. She's, about the album chart coming up very soon and about the Hot 100. Yeah, her her song "Hello" sold another four hundred and eighty thousand downloads. So, yeah, I mean, if if people hadn't if people didn't know that "Hello" was out three weeks ago, they're still discovering it three weeks later. My mom, right? Um, but of course, as you pointed out, there are friends of yours that are saying right now, "I need to get that they're Adele." Still trying album. to buy that album. It's not out yet, still not guys. Out. Still not out. <laughs> but very soon, Friday, Friday. Um, here's some fun stats on Hello. It actually hits number one on our radio songs chart. It jumps six to one. It's up 37% in audience impressions. That is, uh, it, it is the, I, I have a great stat in here and I don't want to screw it up. It gets to number one in only its fourth week, which is the quickest climb to number one in 22 years. This is on the radio songs chart. Since Mariah Carey's Dream Lover reached the top in its fourth week on August 28, 1993. Here's the caveat. And since the Radio Songs chart was almost exclusively a pop radio chart in 1993, because way back in the day, it was basically, like, the Hot 100 was basically just a top 40-oriented chart. Right. Um, And eventually, in December of 1998, we expanded the chart to include country radio, Latin radio, R&B, and so forth. So if... If if we look at it just from December 1998, when we expanded the panel of radio stations to include everyone, this is, is the, the quickest. Yes. The quickest number one. Which is crazy. Notable. But it's, <laughs> yes, it's kind of notable. <laughs> A little notable. Um, Adele's album comes out on Friday, 25. Uh, do you have any wild guesses on what you might think it'll do? Well, since I made the world's most conservative guess when we first talked about this, I feel like I should just go crazy this time. Three million. <laughs> uh, kind of do three million. Can we go for three? Um, no, I, I think I don't think the two million is happening, but I do think I'm going one point five. Yeah, like we uh, Brit- Britney Spears currently has the record for the largest single week for a woman. I believe it was one point three two million, and I think that it could beat that. I think so too. Yeah, I've got no real uh, new forecast. Uh, this is just a gut feeling. It's just a gut feeling. <laughs> well, it's a gut feeling based upon what label sources have been saying right. the past few weeks. Like right. they feel like one million's in the bag. You know, one point five is doable. 
I think with Adele, anything is possible. So we'll we'll obviously know more, a whole heck of a lot more about this uh, the next time you hear the show. Yeah. Um, and stay tuned to Billboard.com on uh, Saturday. Um, we'll try to have the first uh, real forecast for what Adele could do in her first week. Wow. Yeah. Uh, That's how quick we work. After one day of sales, we're going to try to have something something hot and fresh on Billboard.com. <laughs> Um, speaking of which, uh, this weekend, both Katie and I will be at the American Music Awards. Yes. Um, I'll be on the red carpet and potentially backstage. Awesome. You'll be backstage in a press room. Yep. Um, we'll be talking to folks. We'll have people in the crowd, too. We're going to have... Uh, oh, that's right. We have people in the audience. Yeah, we'll have the whole thing covered. Yes, from top to bottom. Top to bottom. We'll have endless coverage on Billboard.com, as we do for most award shows. Definitely tweet at me if you have any questions for people in the press room. And, yes. And at Keith, if you have any red carpet questions. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will try to talk to everybody. Yeah, we will. Um, last year... Everyone might not try to talk to us. We'll yeah. try to talk to everybody. Who did we talk to last year? We talked to... Uh, well, gosh, it's one of those things where all red carpets are just a big blur. I remember having Luke Bryan in the press room. I was really excited about that. Yeah, I didn't get him backstage, though. I got Sam Smith. I got Imagine Dragons. I got some other folks. Um, wasn't last year? Was Five Sauce? You had Five Sauce last year. On the red carpet. Okay, on the red yeah. carpet. Yeah, because so they performed last year. We got them on the carpet. Um, they, were, they were probably like the biggest get on the carpet for me, but don't hold that against me because if I actually... <laughs> it's like, no, you did talk to Madonna last year. I don't know who would say it like that. Anyway. Anyway. Hold my breath for J-Lo. You know. Post J-Lo. Um, you know uh, what else has happened on the Hot 100? L King... Jumps into the top 10 with her first top 10 hit, X's and O's. It jumps 12 to 10. Uh, Gary writes, Gary Trust writes, the bluesy pop rock track jumps also 10 to 7 on the digital songs chart. Um, it also uh, increases in airplay. It holds at number 7 on radio songs, but it's up 4%. And also hits number 1 on our adult pop songs chart. Uh, that This is one of those songs that has had a very long Climb. I yeah. think it debuted on some of our airplay charts a year ago. Yeah, it's one of those songs that started out like it, like al- like adult alternative radio, like kind of like a, a alternative rock ish radio, and then eventually slowly migrated over. Yeah, um, and I think we've actually name checked her on the podcast before. I think we um, had her in our soon-to-be-hits feature, which we haven't been doing since Jason left. Um, we may resuscitate that at some point in the future. Um, but, but yeah, this is just one of those great success stories of, of a song and an artist that is really connected with people. It's a cool song. I like it. It's like, And it totally fits into like a pop radio setting, even though it does have that rock edge. It's just it's fun and it's witty. Yeah. I like the wordplay. Yeah, the video is fun, too. <laughs> I like and I always like to tell people when I talk about El King about her famous father. Are you aware of her famous father? Remind me who the famous father is. Famous father is former SNL cast member Rob Schneider. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that that seems the most unlikely of famous hot father. Chick and uh, what else? What other Deuce, Deuce Bigelow, Bigelow male Gigolo fame? Yeah. So like, mm. there you go. That's it's just it's a weird tidbit to throw in. Just by the way, El King's dad is Rob Schneider. Yeah, well. Share it with your friends. Share it with your friends. (laughs) Um, Also happening in the news today, uh, the Dixie Chicks announced that they are going on tour. Super stoked about this. I don't don't know how to pronounce this, but it's the DCXMMXVI World Tour. That is a lot of Roman numerals. I think it's just the Dixie Chicks 2016 (laughs) in Roman numerals. I don't like it. (laughs) World Tour starts June 1st in Cincinnati, June 1st, 2016. Uh, The tour will visit 40 
cities in the U.S. and Canada. It is their first American tour since 2006. It ends right here in Los Angeles. At the Hollywood Bowl Mm -hmm. uh, next October, I believe. Uh, The last Dixie Chicks album was Taking the Long Way back in 2006. It, of course, went on to win the Grammy Award for Album of the Year, as well as a boatload of other Grammys. Um, have you seen the Dixie Chicks I live? I haven't. Really? Have you? Yes. Oh, where'd you see them? I saw them twice. I saw them, um, the first time I saw them actually was at, it was a special taping at the Kodak Theater, which is now the Dolby Theater, mm-hmm. where, which is where, where they, the Oscars are. Yes, where the Academy Awards are at. Um, it was recorded for um, a, I think it was for a TV special okay. called An Evening With the Dixie oh. Chicks, and later turned into a home video. Um, and they built this cool thing on the stage where they put in these like, cool like um like boxes on the stage kind of like very like elaborate move like theater like like broadway show type boxes like to put the audience onto the stage behind the chicks so if you squint and you freeze frame it just in the right way you might (laughs) see me somewhere in the dark in the back will you please do that for (laughs) for the pop shop listeners on twitter (laughs) um and then then the second time i saw them was actually in a proper concert setting i saw them at the um the Pond in Anaheim, California. Oh, yes, where the Ducks play. In 2003, mm-hmm. uh, which was, of course, after, uh, this was for the tour that came right after they, uh, Natalie Maines, who's the front woman for the group, uh, made her comments about George Bush um, back uh, earlier in 2003. Um, March 10th, 2003, um, Natalie said at a show in London, by the way, London, England, uh, she said, just so you know, we're on the good side with y'all. We do not want this war, this violence, and we're ashamed that the president of the United States is from Texas. Referring to George Bush. Um, after that, all heck broke loose. They proceeded to get blacklisted by country radio. Uh, yeah, and the, the, but the interesting thing was their next tour had already sold out. Oh, so too late. You already bought your ticket. <laughs> You're going to come see the show. Yeah. So that was the show I saw. And wow. um and and that and, and I think we don't need to go into the whole fallout. Uh, that's what happened since the Dixie Chicks. But uh, know that that's many. That's that is the what the catalyst for what has happened in the past ten years. Yeah. Where the Dixie Chicks only released one more new studio album, yeah. um, which was not embraced by country radio. Um, it did win a slew of Grammy awards and it did sell okay. Yep. Um, but they, you know, they after that they stopped doing new music together. I, I, I mean, not to also not to get into like the politics of it, but I feel like their their comeback. I feel like they'll be welcomed back into the fold more so. But I we'll think see. So. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Natalie did her own album called Mother. I believe uh, like, I want to say like two or three years ago. Maybe it was like a sort of a rock oriented album. And then um, uh, Emily and Marty of the group, Emily and uh, Marty McGuire. Um, have done their own albums under Courtyard Hounds as their own act. It's duo. Um, and the, the the group, the Dixie Chicks, have done some spot dates here and there occasionally. They opened for the Eagles a few years ago on, like, a handful of dates. But they haven't done, like, a, an American tour. In, I'm excited. It'll be 10 years. So they are really great live. I, I'm a new country fan, so, like, I wasn't, like, into it when they were around and big. And, and now that I, like, have have kind of come into the country world and retroactively finding out about their music. I love them and I'm really excited to see them live finally. I, I they're they're just they're they're great musicians, they're great singers, their harmonies are wonderful, they're so witty. Um and you know they can count fans uh like you know the likes of Taylor Swift 
um, earlier this year. If you saw any of uh, Taylor's staple shows here in Los Angeles, she did like, what, six shows or something? Yeah. One of the shows, you know, of course, every show she brings out, not every show, but most shows she brings out a special guest. At one of the shows, she brought out Natalie Maines of the Dixie Chicks, and this is how she introduced her. She said, if not for this woman, this is Taylor speaking, if not for this woman and her band, I wouldn't have known that you could be quirky and fun and yourself and outspoken and brave and real. I wouldn't have dreamed the things that I dreamed, and I wouldn't be standing on this stage today. The song we're about to sing was my go-to talent show song. I've sung it probably 7,000 times in my life. And then Natalie Maines came out, and they sang Goodbye Earl, um, which is a great song. Yes. Um, Great video. Dennis Franz. Yes. NYPD Blue. (laughs) Um, And that song actually peaked at number 13 on the Hot Country Songs chart. It's one of 26 entries for the group on the chart. Um, and they notched 14 top 10s, and six of those were number ones. You know, with our recent Billboard uh, Greatest of All Time cover that we did, we interviewed a lot of artists and asked them for their picks for greatest, and we interviewed Little Big Town and asked them their five top five country groups. Ooh, and I bet the you Dix- I, can, I was going to say. Oh, the Dixie Chicks were name-checked there. Wow. And it was the first time I'd like, thought of the Dixie Chicks in a long time when I heard their name last week. I mean, you can you can when you when you think of acts like, uh, Little Big Town or Lady Annabellum, like they all have like a direct. Oh yeah, like, to the Dixie Chicks. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and, and it's just you know, there's a whole, there's not a whole heck of a lot of country groups. Yeah, Maddie and Tay probably love them as well. I would yeah. say. Well, uh, there'll be more. Hopefully, maybe this means there'll be some more music. I hope so. From them, that would be amazing. Maybe this is just you know they're seeing how things go and seeing how they're embraced or welcome mm-hmm. back. Um, but now it's time for our interview with Tori Kelly. Yay. Um, we actually talked to Tori uh, a, a while back. Um, I wouldn't say like forever ago, but a little while back, um, a number of weeks ago. And we did a, a fun uh, 15 fast questions with Tori Kelly. It's a it's a modified version of our fishbowl game. <laughs> but this time, she did not use the fishbowl. I just asked her questions. <laughs> you just spouted off questions. I just, I just had a list of questions. It's much like a normal interview <laughs> where you ask questions of someone. But quicker. But quicker. <laughs> um, so anyway... Um, some background on Tori. Uh, she has an amazing voice, and I think if you've seen her on any award show in the past year, you've been blown away by her. Yes. On the Billboard Awards, on the well, – wasn't she on the VMAs as well? She did the VMAs, and then she just did the EMAs too with Andrea Bocelli last month. Yeah. No no pressure. We're pairing you up with Andrea Bocelli. Yeah, and she totally held her own. Her voice is just crazy. Yeah. And she's so – she's she's really super nice. Yep. I have to say, and I, I don't like know her outside of you know press settings, but she's been, she, she seems very genuine. And best hair in the game. My goodness, her hair is so good. <laughs> I her, love her hair. Her hair is magical. <laughs> um, her debut uh, full-length studio album, uh, Unbreakable Smile, hit number two on the Billboard 200 chart earlier this year, and it launched two top 20 hit singles on the pop songs chart, Nobody Love and Should Have Been Us. She just released her new single, Hollow, which is on the verge of debuting on the Pop Songs chart in the next week or two. We asked Tori about working with Max Martin, uh, what was the first album that she bought, and if her manager, Scooter Braun, ever sleeps. Scooter also (laughs) manages Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande, among many others. Um, Spoiler alert, no. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Um, So anyway, here's our interview with Tori Kelly. Um, welcome, Tori Kelly, to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. How are you? I'm great, thanks. I have your shoes, actually. Really? I have those, yeah. They're Converse. Converse. They're blue Converse uh, with, without laces. Laceless, laceless those, are the, those are actually the best ones. They are. They're really comfortable. They're actually super comfortable. <laughs> I miss mine. 
Um, I like yours too. Are those Converse? No. These aren't Converse. No. They're, they're almost like Converse. This is not what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> the best intro ever. Yeah, I know. Don't lie no, to this yourself. is this is perfect audio <laughs> podcast fodder. We're actually going to do fifteen fun fast questions with Tori Kelly. It is a totally uh, patented, uh, trademarked game. It's not. Okay. Um, but I came up with these questions. <laughs> some of them are about music. Some of them are light, fun things. Not about music. I will read you the questions. They have short answers. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Number one. What's it like working with Max Martin? It is amazing, and he's a legend, so I was nervous at first, but then he made it not that, (laughs) because he's, like, the best. Because he's Max Martin. (laughs) Number two, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Oh, man, I love where I live. SoCal, forever. That's good. Or, like, or, um, I don't know. You don't need to back it up if something, if you... Japan, Japan, maybe, yeah. Number three, does your manager, Scooter Braun, ever sleep? That is undetermined because I have a doppelganger robot somewhere. I ask myself that every day. That guy's a champ. (laughs) That's how he's able to do what he does. Number four, do you like surprise parties? I do. I've never had a surprise party for myself, but I just love surprises. So people, entourage listening, they should do that. (laughs) Or not. not. Number five, what was the last concert you saw that does not include like a festival that you played at? Uh, Last concert I saw... Hmm. Dang. The first one that this might not be the last one I saw, but the the one that's like screaming in my mind. Don't worry. No one's going to hold it against you. No fans going to be like, oh, my God, you missed that one. You were there. I saw you. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was the like one of my all time favorite, probably one of the best concerts I've ever seen. It was Pink. She. Yeah, she killed it. Um, Number six. What's the first thing you notice about people? I notice um, if they are nice people or not nice people that's good that's a good thing uh number seven do you have a favorite holiday song favorite holiday song i'm not gonna make you sing it i'm just asking for a title so many good ones really christmas music in general is just amazing it's almost time for christmas music to start again it's okay if you don't have an answer um number eight would you ever want to hold a public office hold a public office like you know run for office like senator representative that sort of thing no. no, no, not my thing. Not your thing. I'll stick to music. That's all right. Yeah. Number nine. <laughs> what was the first album you bought? First album I bought, I want to say, is um, the very first NSYNC album. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, number ten. Who are some of your favorite YouTubers? Not asking you for a favorite, just some of your favorites. Okay. Um, I saw you on the Miranda Sings one. Yes, Miranda Sings definitely yeah. in there. I would uh, Pentatonix. Yeah. I could consider YouTubers. Um, well, and, and two of them have their own yeah, offspring. Super, super, yeah. super yeah. Tim De La Ghetto, AJ Raphael, Jeremy Passion. I feel like I'm just naming all lot. my friends now. All your friends are your favorite YouTubers. All right, we'll go on. Um, number 11, has Ed Sheeran ever given you career advice? You don't have to tell me what it was, but has he? Uh, he, he actually has, yeah. He's, I don't think people realize how much of a, like, a genius businessman he is, like on the business side of things. Um, he's actually really smart, too. So, yeah, he's he's definitely given little words of encouragement here and there. I would love some of Ed Sheeran's words of wisdom. <laughs> I, anything would help. Um, number 12, who are some of your favorite songwriters? Favorite songwriters I got to work with on my album, um, Claude Kelly, for sure, one of my favorites. Um, man, I really, I'm really loving uh, James Bay right now and his songwriting. He's here somewhere. He and yeah. Um Emily King is also someone I'm really loving right now. Um, 13, we're almost done. We only have 15. Number 13, do you have any nicknames? And if they're personal and you don't want to tell me, that's okay too. You know, it's funny. Tori is actually considered a nickname because my real name is Victoria. Oh. Yeah, so 
Everybody calls me by my nickname. (laughs) No one's calling you Vicky, right? No, 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 no. no. That might be weird. Um, Number 14, do you believe in ghosts? (laughs) See, we're all over the map here. That's really fun. Um, I don't think I believe in ghosts. Yeah. Not not like spooky ghosts. No, I I believe, not to say people haven't seen things. Right. I think like like spiritual realms for sure real angels demons yes. yeah if we want to go there that's, that's where I was kind of going I'm like well since what we you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah but ghosts I don't know alright yeah. last one number 15 what's the best thing about being a musician and entertainer oh my gosh performing live is one of the best feelings ever I'm gonna go with that so people should go see Tori live because it's the best really good feeling and thank you so much Tori <laughs> for coming to the Pop Shop Podcast bring the conversation back to It was lovely to speak to you, and uh, uh, much success with the new single, Hollow. You know what time it is now? Oh, what time is it, Keith? I like the way I just like, you know what time it is? It's another time for time. It's time for the chart set of the week. Yeah, Yay. All right, so this week, in 1971, Isaac Hayes' Shaft. Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> Can you dig it? Uh, Hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. The single, composed and performed by Hayes for the film of the same name, topped the list on November 20th and spent two weeks in total atop the tally. The movie's score album, of course also by Hayes, topped the Billboard 200 chart like two weeks before the single hit number one. So he hit the top of both charts. Man. Um, All things Shaft happening that (laughs) that time of year. Um, Isaac Hayes received two Academy Award nominations for his Shaft music, original dramatic score and original song. He won the latter award. It was one of those rare times where you have a huge pop hit, get nominated for Best Original Song at the Academy Awards, and actually win. Um, We've seen many examples in the past few decades where huge pop hits written for films just don't even get nominated yeah. and that's why it was so amazing that he was able to take this you know shaft song to number one and also score an academy award for yes. it um hayes also won two grammy awards for shaft for best instrumental arrangement and best original score written for a motion picture or television special yeah. you love those grammy award categories you know best polka arrangement for a poster <laughs> You know, God, I love you, Recording Academy. I, I, but you know, it's it's said with levity. Um, Shaft was Hayes's biggest single and his only song to visit the top ten on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, Isaac Hayes, who passed away in 2008, might also be familiar to a different generation of people uh, from his role as Chef on South Park. Yes. Um, and believe it or not, he actually scored a number one hit in the UK back in 1998. As chef, with the song "Chocolate Salty Balls." P.S. I love you. Um, it hit number one on the official UK singles chart. The track was from the album "Chef Aid," the South Park album. <laughs> I love everything you're saying. <laughs> Chocolate Salty Balls. That was, and I remember it was one of the, it was one of those songs where it, it should have charted in America, but because they didn't release it as a like a commercially available single or something, it, it couldn't chart. Um, but Chef Aid charted, the album charted. Yeah. So if you, basically it was one of those things where if you really wanted the song, you had to go buy the album. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, for, for a few weeks there, it was this fun novelty hit that became a fluke hit for That's Isaac incredible. Hayes. What a career. Um, so there you go. Uh, this week in 1971, Isaac Hayes hit number one with Chef. 
Shaft. <laughs> we didn't even practice this great musical arrangement. No, we didn't. Um, <laughs> that's all I got, I think. Uh, have I missed anything? That's Katie? all? That's it? That's it? <laughs> that's it? Do you want to go back and talk about Frank Mills yeah. Sims again? Yes. More Kool-Aid Man, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a material boy living in a material world. Modern love. He also did background vocals for Billy Joel later that decade. Oh, wow. Man. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I, he's, he's, he did pretty well for himself. This goes out to you, Frank Sims. This goes out to you, Frank Sims. <laughs> or Next Mills. Next guest on the Pop Shop Podcast, Frank Sims. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Katie, do you have any parting words? Oh, no. I'm just, I, I'm going to go look up all of Frank Sims' uh, discography now. <laughs> Man, falling down the rabbit hole with Katie and Keith. Um, well, should we should we go out on, um, I, I guess, Shaft by Isaac Hayes? Obviously, yes. Shaft. Frank, for all we know, you could be doing background vocals on that one, too. I think he did some on chocolate salty balls, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Who is a man that would risk his neck for his brother, man? Can you dig it?